0: This podcast is brought to you by Men's T Clinic. Men's T Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization and so should you. 5 DFW locations with North Frisco, Eldorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972 go men's t or visit Clinic.com.
1: Tune In is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at 4. Doncic. The step back three, you bitch! Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.
2: That's right. KNC Masterpiece here on 105 Through the Fan. Kevin, Corey, both taking uh, this holiday time off. That brings me, Reginald Atatula, in to sit in with Mike Bassick. And Chris Strong is on the ones and twos for us. Thank you for being a part of the Kansas City Masterpiece today.
0: Kevin always brags about how he loves work and loves working. That's right. And look,
2: where is he at today? Probably like hugging Noah. Yeah. What a jerk.
0: Yeah. Probably not even listening to us.
2: That's. I, I, there's no way. Kevin, if you're listening, I dare you. You don't have the balls Yeah. to text in or call in. Yeah, me. call
0: in. What do you think about the Cowboys losing their second game and probably just putting themselves in the five seed and playing three road games to make it to the Super Bowl. He
2: would never. He's pro- he's probably somewhere rehabbing or something. I don't know. We can tell
0: he's not listening. He hasn't called in yet.
2: Yep. Thought you loved work. But he doesn't. Guess you like it as much as I do. He's a big, fat phony. Um. Yeah, coming up in about 20 minutes, we'll go around the, a, around the NFC East. I don't know why I said A, as if uh, the Cowboys haven't been in the NFC East forever. But uh, right now, we revisit uh sean and rj in this instance it's uh rj and bobby this morning and i believe for the rest of the week um they talked to jerry jones and i, I thought this was an interesting uh interview as it frequently is sometimes with jerry i'm like okay D- does he feel is tapped in but he he had some interesting things that I-, I i at least caught my attention i'm interested how they catch your attention um now, the big thing, and we've talked about it multiple times throughout this show, but the thing that big thing that shows up for a lot of folks is CeeDee Lamb, right? CeeDee Lamb and the kind of disappearance of his utilization in this game. And so they asked Jerry in Cup 44 here, um, why wasn't CeeDee able to get the ball after his touchdown in the
3: first quarter? I don't know. Uh, those are decisions because we've got options of where to go with the ball. And uh, uh, everybody on the field knows that uh can step back from it and say, "Look, uh, get the ball in the hands of your best. Uh, uh, get the ball in the hands of your best player." But boy, you've got to put the ball in the hands of some other players too, not for any reason other than uh, uh, you just can't every down have that in the ball. Well, you say San Francisco sits there and they put it in the hand of Debo a lot, and uh, they'll put it in McCaffrey a lot uh that's to say the least but if you look hard they're spreading it around a little bit too but uh, we all want to look back and say uh, uh and the entire uh, team does and say boy we should uh, have had the ball in lamb's hand uh certainly uh in the second and third quarter
0: yeah it makes it does make sense to me obviously brandon cooks has a huge play at the end of the game to to get the go-ahead touchdown but on the sideline I would think, I don't know, I've never been an offensive coordinator in the what? NFL and I've never been a quarterback in the NFL. What? I would think after your first two drives and you have five catches for 102 yards and a touchdown, I would think after, let's just say, the next two drives and C.D. Lamb hasn't had a reception. I need to go back and see if they even threw the ball to him. It doesn't feel like they even threw the ball to him. That you'd say, hey, what the hell are we doing? Like They can't cover this guy he might need to get 20 targets until they show something different. He might need 20 targets today because he might have 15 catches for 400 yards the way this thing is going. And I know he's not going to, but it just is weird that at halftime, at least they didn't go, hey, when we get the ball in the third quarter, our first few plays need to be C.D. Lamb plays because he was dominating this team in the first quarter. And unless they show us something different, our first look needs to be the CD. And it seemed like they went away from that being the first look until late in the game. He got a catch. I think it was a, i think it was a first down a nice sixteen yard first down mm-hmm. catch that uh on the left sideline I believe where I always feel like he's like giving like the nose rub I don't know like that first thing <laughs> first down like he has snot coming out of his nose and he needs to like rub
2: the snot away there s- s- snot has something to do with it yes uh oh. we'll talk about that off air. I don't okay I
0: don't, <laughs> I don't know what he's doing there it's but, all good okay but uh yeah i I understand where he's coming from but in a weird way, Debo Samuel is not nearly as good as CD Lamb. Brandon Ayuk, even though he's really good, he's not nearly as good as CD Lamb. You'll never say that those guys are possibly top three or top five receivers in the game, even though they are good. I don't want to take anything away from them. And we don't have a George Kittle either. So I feel like they do have this diversity of weapons that they can go to. And as Tony Pollard has gotten better as the season's gone on. He's not close to Christian McCaffrey. So... I understand what he's saying. Totally get it. But very frustrating, I think, from a Cowboys perspective to have, arguably at this point, the best receiver in the NFL, and for him after the first quarter to just have one catch, and you don't go back and look at the highlights and go, well, it was just because they were double teaming him. They had a a safety over the top. They had a linebacker in the middle of the field that was refusing uh, the ball to go that way anymore.
2: Yeah, CeeDee Lamb has 10 targets in this game. Obviously, the six catches, 118 yards, and the touchdown. Um, Jake Ferguson has eight targets, and I'm okay with targeting Ferguson. he's a solid player. But, like, outside of that, like, everybody else only has, there's a lot of different people with two targets now, mind you. But, I mean, 10 targets is reasonable for your best player, but it's not like that's the cap, right? It's not like this is the instance where it's like, yeah, you really don't want to go higher than that. I mean, even in this game, and again, it's not one-to-one, but Tyreek Hill has 14 targets in this game where he has is, nine catches.
0: Is there, and this is just asking a question out there, is it because the Cowboys got so nervous about their offensive line that they didn't let plays develop down the field? And if that's the case, if you're that nervous, don't you still want C.D. Lamb catching three- and five-yard routes and seeing what he can do with the ball? He showed you, I don't know, what was the catch, a 10-yard catch for a 49-yard touchdown? Yeah. Like he showed you that if you can get the ball to him in a little bit of space, he can still make a a 20-plus-yard play out of a five-yard catch.
2: Yeah, and I I mean, look, um, I think that the the pass protection absolutely factored in here. I think, yeah, there was a point in time where I was thinking, when was the last time the Cowboys threw a screen? And that wasn't even specifically about CeeDee Lamb. It was just because you could see the pressure either turning up or becoming more effective For the Dolphins pass rush, and in my mind, and I'm, again, like you, I'm no, like, brilliant football mind, but my immediate reaction is if there's a lot of pressure, use that to their advantage, to your advantage by getting the ball just beyond that and then utilizing that space, and a screen obviously does that. Now, I understand, the Cowboys aren't always great at using screens, right? But one of the people that you would think, all right, is good at in a screen, CeeDee Lamb. Get the ball to him in space. See what he creates because yak is something that he is incredibly good at. Something he's been good at since he was at Oklahoma. Yeah, and And maybe before. I don't know. I didn't see him in high school. And so,
0: what you're saying though is sometimes simple, stupid works the best. Yes, and that's what, uh, in a weird way, that's what analysts are there for. Especially in baseball, they have no clue how to play baseball. They have no clue how baseball works. They're just hired to be like, hey, are sometimes are we making this game too complicated? Is there something simple, stupid that we're not doing? And look, there's some things that you agree with and disagree with. They're like, well, you know, if you bunt throughout a 162 game season, you're giving up 162 outs here. And if you just never bunted... That would give you 162 more opportunities to possibly get a guy in scoring position or knock a guy in. I know I'm, I'm, I'm making this way too simple on that, but yes, sometimes analysts are actually there to just see how to make the game simple stupid rather than to at times complicate it more and be like, well, oh, we got to do this and do that. It's like, no, just look at C.D. Lamb. Stare his ass down if you want to at this point and see if they can stop him.
2: Now, Mike McCarthy, actually, I believe he takes some responsibility for this and more in his post game press conference. Can you give me cut thirty three, please?
0: Um, you know, we're disappointed uh, because you know we we had plays that were you know were there. You know, we made we had some miscues. Um, I had a horse backed up plan. You know, we, we were backed up twice and he, he didn't change, you know didn't move the field position. So you know we didn't help our defense there. Um, you know, we, we had one take one giveaway. So I mean it's it's those big mistakes that you you can't
2: make in, in these kind of games but and so that that was in his like immediate res- uh you know statements like he he was not asked a question about that so he that came upon came off of his heart and i think that especially the way that he cussed in it. And again, this is me reading between the lines. I feel like Mike McCarthy feels heavy. not Maybe not specifically. We didn't get C.D. to land the ball, but I think like the game plan and the ways in which you see, yeah. okay, just short in various different ways, I think he holds that one heavy.
0: I think his frustration with that one is, I don't know, he's kind of being specific there, but I think his frustration is after that game, and I think from a lot of the Cowboys is, we're better than them and we should have beat them. You can't say that against the 49ers. You got it handed to you. Even against Arizona, you got it handed to you. At the end, you couldn't say, well, if this one thing, or if we would have done that, or if we wouldn't have had this penalty, and against Buffalo, you just got handed. There's nothing you could do. They they beat you into submission, and there were still 18 minutes left in that game by the time they beat you into submission. This one, I think, can be more frustrating as a player and coach, because you had a lot of opportunities to win that game, to put it away, to do different things, and you lost that game when you felt like we were the better team and we had opportunities to win that game.
2: Now, Mike, I was actually about to pivot, but I, I'm interested. There's a couple of things, and I don't know that we have a ton of time to get to both of them when it comes to what Jerry said I'm with Sean and RJ this morning on uh, on 105.3 The Fan. Jerry talked about uh, Micah Parsons and the holding. He also talked a little bit about injuries and in Tyron Smith. Which one? Which one is more right interesting? now?
0: Injuries, because that's more controllable than making the refs call holding.
2: Okay, so let's. Can you give me cut fifty here, uh, Chris? As he was asked if there were any injuries that he's concerned about after this game and how Dak handled uh, the Tyron Smith injury.
3: Yeah, I don't know that we'll have him this week, uh, but we're going to have him. Uh... Uh, as we get on into it, uh, get on into the playoffs. And we may have him this week. Uh, Mozzie's coming on. Mozzie, uh, uh, in my mind, had did some very good things out there the other night. So he's coming on. And uh, uh, that's great. Um, uh, I think um, uh, our health in that interior defensive front looks good. Uh, I think, uh, of course, we uh, miss Van Der Esch, but teams all over this league are missing key people. Uh, but uh, uh, no, really, I think uh, health wise, we got Hooker back. He played well. Uh, that's a big deal for us. So I look at defensively, I expect us to uh, take advantage of everything that we've uh, seen, done, haven't done. I think we uh, have absorbed it. We got some outstanding people that uh, can highlight it for all the players, practice to get better or to refine certain things we do. All of this looks good. All of this really looks good.
0: Okay, okay. so the first comment was on Tyron Smith, correct? Yes. So I'm wondering this, because he said, even though he contradicted himself at the end.
2: Good old Jerry, right? Probably
0: not going to play this upcoming week. This Saturday, probably not going to play. I'm going to stick with his first comment, and then he backed up and said maybe, but I wonder if it's just best with his back and this age because then he said he's going to be back right is that they're already planning on you don't need to play the rest of this regular season if your back is bugging you which obviously it was after the buffalo game that he finished is they might say hey here's your three weeks off we've seen him in a weird way three weeks and coming back won't affect him as in like oh no he'll be rusty or Having him as healthy as possible, even if he has to miss three weeks in a row, is way better than him trying to fight through this against Detroit or against Washington. So my assumption is, listening to Jerry, is Tyron Smith will play in round one of the playoffs. The Mozzie thing was interesting to me. Maybe I missed him making an impact on the game. Maybe that's going back and watching film, and I just missed the Mozzie separation, the Mozzie causing problems maybe his bar is so low and maybe this is jerry just trying to pump the kid up to try to be like he's heard all the negative talk yeah. from us yeah from the media uh, that maybe he just needs to hear some positive things that he's getting better but the level of did he go from pathetic to horrible because to me pathetic is worse than horrible so maybe he's elevated himself to he's just horrible now he's not pathetic anymore so that's good
2: well, uh I, I think you might be right in that regard when it comes to Mozzie is that some of that is, you know, hey, we don't need a lot of negativity. Also, Jared Jones has been, you know, he's he's told the same anecdote a few times when it comes to Mozzie about um the idea that he's he's gotten advice in the past about you you can't judge defensive linemen until their third year, which yeah. sounds kinda of ridiculous to me, but you know, I'm also not football man, so and that, I'm not giving fair. up. I wanna right. make sure this is clear. No, for sure. I don't wanna give up on Mozzie. There's
0: still development. I'm giving that could up be. on yeah, him yeah. this year. He's not going to all of a sudden against Detroit or in the playoffs become a good football player. He's learning. I, I will agree with Jerry, he's getting better. It means he can he can still be a pretty good player in the NFL. He just wasn't ready for the NFL at his age out of Michigan. He just This is too high of a level for him right now, but he can get better and improve.
2: Yeah, the tough part about that is you use a first-round pick on a player you expect them to be right. able to impact. And right. Unfortunately, that's not what he's able to do. But again, you still have him for some time, and there's still opportunities for growth and development. That's On the Tyron Smith portion of it, the question I have to you, uh, your assertion that maybe it's just like get healthy. Once you're healthy, we know that you're a Pro Bowl-level level tackle. I don't know that that's the linear nature that the back takes, right? He had the next stinger, which was, all right, make sure that you're all the way back from your next stinger, right? And once he was, came back, played fantastic, and it's been huge, right? It It's validated the Cowboys' decision to stick with him at an advanced age, especially as he's, you know, advanced football age. I don't want to call nobody old. that don't need to be called old. But, <laughs> you know, like, um, especially with his history of missing games. And it's paid off for the most part, except – He's had this back thing over and over, and yeah. just, I don't know what triggered it, and I'm not going to pretend to know what triggered it in this Buffalo game, but just like that, any, it can it can be triggered, I imagine, any time, and I don't I don't think that it's just, all right, well, wait until, wait, and then over time it gets better and better. I don't know that that's how it works, because I, I, I tend to live by the code that trick backs keep tricking, right? And so with that being the case, maybe it's just the less exposure to football in general, the more likelihood that you're better, but I don't know that it's going to be yeah. a straight... Keep him health, get him healthier, and then once he's healthier, then it's going to go well. But yeah.
0: I hear all your points, and yeah. I I believe what you're saying, but I'm just like maybe it's just best to have him sit out the next two games and be ready for round one of the playoffs. Because that loss, to me, I'm I'm of the mindset they're the five seed. Well, and well that's where we're going.
2: From. I think we have an opportunity. We're gonna t- I'm with you all week. We're going to talk about that probably and more tomorrow. Um, but right now it's the KNC masterpiece right here on 105 through the fan. Coming up next, we'll go around the NFC East and discuss all those things in the NFC East. Next on fan.
1: Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music.
3: You set my world on fire. Yeah,
1: and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here.
5: You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
1: Taylor is looking. He steps up. He starts to pump. He starts to run. He is diving around. He is loading up. He is firing, and it is intercepted by the Eagles, and the game is over. It is intercepted by Keely Ringo, and the Eagles finally have buried their three-game losing streak, and they have their 11th win of the season.
2: It's Eagles Radio, and this is the Get or the KNC Masterpiece. Yes, oh. and on that show, it counts. He said it twice. I know. I've said it twice. I look. You'll say it tomorrow too. Yeah, I I well know. Hopefully it gets better as the week goes along. I'm only giving myself one mistake n- tomorrow. Um, but it is the KNC masterpiece. No Kevin, no Corey. So I, Reginald Atula, I'm filling in for those gentlemen. That's Mike Bassick. You know him. And uh Chris Strong is on the ones and twos for us. Thank you, sir. Uh, one thing I could tell you, um, and you know, obviously it's my job in this in this role to tease ahead. However, this is genuine for me just as a human being. In the break, got an opportunity to talk a little bit with Brian Broaddus as he's getting ready for G Bag Nation coming up here at two p.m. And some of the stuff that he can die he divulged in three minutes about what was happening in this game was so illuminating. Uh, like I'm, I'm like, all right, maybe I need to give Chumani Doga a little bit of a, a little bit of a credit and a little bit of apologies. Um, and you're gonna wanna, you're gonna definitely always gonna want to listen to G Bag Nation, but particularly today and two forty especially with Krusty's Corner. Uh, Broaddus is gonna give you a really good breakdown of this game. Um, yeah, I'm,
0: He's way smarter than I am. Oh, and
2: here comes, here he comes, the man himself, <laughs> Brian Broaddus. He 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 works plenty, and he's the nicest man in radio. I'm not the nicest
5: man, but thank you. <laughs> no, um, the uh, I think the thing when you get the chance, the opportunity to watch the game, I think the the thing with the Doga that has to be frustrating is the mental mistakes. The physical side of it, I think, was fine in that football game. You know, uh, they had they had some problems at center. They had some problems uh, a little bit left tackle. Uh they didn't particularly pick up blitzes very well from the uh, inside line, you know, with the inside linebackers the way they blitzed. They didn't sort things out very well. Uh, I think there were some communication problems along the way. The quarterback didn't help you along the way with some of the hots that he could have made. There were two different times where he could have thrown the ball hot on the third and sixth. He could have thrown a ball hot. It ended up being a blitz, a pressure. Uh, on him, and he has to eat the football. But Cooks is looking for the football, mm-hmm. and he's looking right at Cooks. You watch the end zone copy of the game; you see his eyes clearly. And Cooks sees long the blitzer coming, and he knows he's hot off that route. Dak doesn't get him the ball, so it, you know we could sit here and, and 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 it's really easy because we're watching the game and we see like a Doga having issues, right? And he had his issues. Biotis had his issues as well. Uh, Martin. All of them had their issues. Steele, one time, like I say, Steele, I think did the right thing. They let Van Ginkle come off the edge. He picks up the inside blitzer. Now Dax got the furthest guy away from the ball. That's Dax, man. Ball's got to be out. They set up a play where they're trying to get the ball to Turpin. It's a route they ran against the Commanders that scored a touchdown. They put Turpin in the in the in the slot, knowing that they're going to probably get too deep. They get too deep. They send Turpin on the vertical. Zach pulls the ball down, doesn't throw the ball, could have let it, could have let it fly. For some reason he pulls the ball down. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this coordinator got into his head and he was seeing
0: ghosts.
3: Mm.
5: But there was nothing that led me to believe there was anything special when you looked at the
0: way and you're that, saying Miami Dolphins defensive coordinator so people that hate Vic Mike Fangio. McCarthy yeah. that hate Mike McCarthy aren't thinking you're saying that Mike McCarthy got it No, in his I head. think that you know Vic
5: Fangio has always got a good plan. The 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 idea what I thought that Fangio was going to do was I thought Fangio was going to turn around and when Lamb got off to the great start, I'm thinking okay, here we go. He's going to travel. He's going to travel Ramsey here. Yeah. He never did. What they did was with CD though is they Dallas lost their creativity to get him open, mm-hmm. is what they did. And you know, Dak had some struggles. The line had some struggles. They don't run the football particularly well, so that's an issue right there. But what do they do to get CD back in the game? Okay, all of a sudden they get in trips formation. They motion Tolbert out and then up, and what happens? That clears uh, that clears Howard uh, the corner. Now they run. Now they got Lamb on a on a. Backup nickel. Yeah. You know, and all of a sudden now he's running a corner route and the ball's right there to get a first down. They lost that creativity along the way.
2: And that's for, outside of the game script. Yeah. For out or the, outside for, of the yeah, uh, for sorry, two, for start two, script.
5: Yeah, for two quarters, they kind of lost their ability to create opportunities for CeeDee Lamb and others. It, it was nothing really that the Dolphins did that say, okay, a couple of times they passed him through zones, passed him one guy, passed him through another that kind of thing, played zone coverage against Lamb. But they could have got the ball to Lamb. You know, there, there could have been several times, you know, that they could have got the ball to him. But they lost their creativity, and it hurt them, uh, you know, with some of their play calling uh, in the middle part of that game.
0: Does Parsons have a right to complain as much as he complains? He
5: absolutely does. And th- the problem is he wins with such speed that, you know, when you look at he puts blockers in such a bad situation – I've yet to see Dallas's defensive line and one of the best uh, pass-rushing units in the league when it comes to pressures have only generated 16 holding calls this year.
0: Is he not flopping enough? Should he
5: flop? Uh, you know, I that's kind of not his gig. Mm-hmm. You know, he's more of like, I'm going to try and get to the quarterback. That that was so close, that, that uh, roughing the passer. I mean, he is literally a half step away. That ball's gone. And you figure that Hockley is going to give him that step but he, Hockley obviously felt, and Hockley going in the game we talked about in the pregame, the third most call penalties by this crew was roughing the passer. Mm. You got one against them and one against you. That gives Sean Hockley's crew 14 of those for the year, which is a, a super high number for roughing the passer. But with, with, with Parsons, I have yet to see a guy, and I, I don't get to see the guy at Cleveland and Pittsburgh and all those guys rush every week because you guys get to watch Red Zone. I'm doing right. a pregame show. Yep. So I don't get to see all that, but they're like rodeo maneuvers. They're trying to hold it. You know, he's busting through double teams and guys are grabbing around the neck, around the waist. Uh, You know, they're, they're pulling on him. It's one thing to have the hands inside and hold, but he's getting held in a way because he's winning so quick that it's causing these officials problems.
0: Is that whose job is that to change that?
5: Well, Stephen Jones will come on. If you ask him that question, he will diplomatically say that the officials have a very, very hard job, you know, and they could turn all the penalties. I don't know. Officials, from my experience, officials get a tape every week of their game, and they get, and the team, the following week, the the officials who ever call the game get to watch the same game. I don't know how you can watch the tape, much like I do every, get to every Monday morning, and not see Micah Parsons get held every single
0: play. Because my sport's such a different sport, right? Bruce Bochy, go out there and get thrown out. Then Mike Maddox, go out there and get thrown out. Then Tony Beasley, go out there and get thrown out. If it's that egregious, if the strike zone is that egregious, then let's just everybody get thrown out of the game yeah. until that they under, till, till they get the clue that you are having a pathetic game and consistently a pathetic game, let's say, against Corey Seager right. on a consistent basis. And so I'm just wondering, like, in the NFL, I don't know. what yeah. can you do?
5: Yeah, there's really – I don't think there's anything you can do because – and I'm not just saying that to be, okay, throw your hands up and right. it's okay. Yeah. But I've learned all these years since I've been in the league and I've studied this since 1992. I could tell you what these officials are probably going to do in a game. You know, I could probably tell you, hey – Be alert for the delay of games because they're not going to let you go till it says zero zero zero. They're going to call this. They are going to call twelve men in the huddle. They're going to call a legal procedure. They're going to call. I mean, what you know? the, The 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 shame of it all is Hockley's crew missed one of the most egregious holding calls you'll see at the end of that football game. When Clark got tackled by yeah. Cotton, the guard literally got yeah. tackled. And Sean Hockley, I'm sure his crew they're, they're, they will say, "Listen, Sean, you have to flow with the ball. He was stationary. He didn't follow the play. You could see the holding. I see it from the end zone copy. The side judge is standing right there. You could see that as well. Somebody can make that call. Not to say that their field goal kicker was going to miss the, the the kick, but now all of a sudden the ball is going to be backed up. You know, you didn't. You never know. You never know what's going to happen in these games, but." I think with Hockley's crew and all that, yeah, I don't want to complain about the officials because really, like we say, there's nothing, you know, you could turn these in every week, but these, this this team, the most the, the, the team that creates the most pressure in the National Football League has 16. They've gone half their games, eight of their 15 games have come with no holding calls. That, no, uh-uh, that's not working.
2: Yeah, the, I, and this is the tough part about it, is there's a level of futility that sets in because, again, you have... You have great pass rushers, and yes. they should be able to get to the quarterback, you know, without or be able to draw those. Yeah. And if you're not able to draw that, what is your mode of recourse? Because if you can't go and change the refs, if you can't get that yeah. that foul called, how do you how do you work around that? Because ultimately, we're still going to judge you on the results of the matter. So how yeah. do you find a way to get results in that? In that, yeah. uh, are you avenue? talking about how
5: the Cowboys get results, or how, official, how do yeah. the Cowboys get it's, results the Cowboys it's 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 that's the difficult part of it right there. You could educate. We had we've had Zach Martin on and. Mike McCarthy, their crew, mm-hmm. they they talk about he Zach says every week we talked about the officiating. Yeah. And you know, you kind of felt like that maybe going into this game with a high offensive holding call rate that Sean Hockley's crew had, mm-hmm. that maybe you were gonna get. Maybe there was gonna be a breakthrough when you had there were there were probably four of them that could have been called in yesterday's game that just weren't called. But that's that's sometimes, you know, like I say, there's officials like last night, you know, you know, Bill Vinovich, you know, if you get in that Ra- Ravens game last yeah. night, Bill Vinovich, you almost have to break somebody in half before you're going to get a call because they're going to let you, they're going to let you play. There's some crews that will let you go. Sean Hockley's crews, uh, you know, they were not one of those coming in this game, but they they let the they let the players try and decide it. I feel like with a name like
2: Venevich, you gotta let people play. That that, that sounds Bill like Bill doesn't have time for your BS. Yeah, that sounds like a yeah. linebacker from nineteen eighty three. Yeah, he will he will let
5: you he will he he will let you break each other in half uh, in order
2: to play a football game. Brought us – look, we were supposed to go around the NFC East, but that this is this is so much better. Nobody I, wants to hear about I,
0: the Commanders and the Giants.
2: Right. I feel like I completely <laughs> stole your Krusty's
5: Corner. No, it's no – we'll make up for There's a lot to talk about in this game. I kind of feel like that, you know, it's uh, the, the quarterback, you know, at, at times he, he needed to be better. The play caller needed to be better. The offensive line, clearly. Defensively, there were things that they could have done better in that football game. Pressure on Tua, if they could have just got pressure, any type of pressure he faced in that game was causing him problems. They went to a kind of a more conservative approach the way they played this game. They were probably worried about the big plays, but we'll talk about it 2:40 today.
2: Look, sometimes you get to open your gifts early. You just got Krusty's corner breaking down the Micah Parsons of this all, in addition to some of explaining some of the mistakes that we saw yeah. on the offensive line. So, thank you, Brian. Brought We appreciate you very greatly. Somehow, just decided an extra segment is fine. Five hour a day, it's fine. Extra segment, and honestly, love the star happening today as well. Is that? Yeah,
5: we uh, Bobby and I've got that tonight. So make sure you get your <laughs> questions at, uh, at at myself at Brian Bross and at Bobby Belt TX. TX. Yes, sir. Right?
2: Yeah, there you go. Brian Brodis, one of the the most hardest working this man. One hundred and five through the fan. Coming up next, we'll talk with him more, and we'll also talk with uh, Zach Wolchuk as we uh, cross talk with the G Bag Nation. It's next on the fan. KNC masterpiece right here on one hundred and five three. The fan Reginald Attitula in for Kevin and/or Corey, your choice. Uh, Mike Bassick. And with this, as usual, because this is his show as much as it's Kevin and Corey's. Oh, wow. Yeah. Don't tell Kevin that. I'll, t- I'll tell him whatever <laughs> I want. I'll text him right now. He can't He's make not it. listening. That's true. We already true. determined that. Yeah, he didn't text. He didn't call. Yep. Thanks for nothing, thanks, Kevin. Kevin. But thought thank you. Th- thank you. Love this job. Sincerely, thank you, Chris, for being on The Ones of Two Sports. We appreciate that. And now uh dnm leasing brings to you this cross talk with the g bag nation fellas how
4: is ya? we are solid over here it feels weird you? to say. it feels weird to say how is ya? yeah how is
2: you today and i, <laughs> did, I didn't get up high enough did i how is you today um yeah no we, we're doing great it's been a fun show um it could have been more fun if the cowboys got a win obviously yeah but a lot of things to talk about uh through the course of it and of course brian Broaddus, being uh brian Broaddus, was like here we will just give you i will give you a segment that we had as if planning five hours is not enough. Um, speaking of what you got coming up on the program tonight?
4: yeah, we uh, pure gold as always, Reg. Mm. Thank you so much for asking. You almost left that out. Of course, we will get into Krusty's corner at two forty. Did anybody uh, lose their G Bag Survivor picks? We'll find Ooh. out at two twenty, and then Todd Archer gonna hop on and join us at five twenty today. That's always fun getting to talk with Archer.
2: That's that's a good feel. Um, how many times? are you probably been listening because I know you you tell low particularly. I tell low um I've, I've messed up twice today as i am i am the fill-in i i'm i'm batting um it'll happen in replacement bro. of kevin and cory and i've called it the get right a couple of times <laughs> today um and somebody said we might as well just call it the get mike for the rest of the week Well, oh, the get mike do we do we like that as a, as to- a I, yeah,
5: substitution i'll tell you what i'm totally on board with anything that highlights mike's ability <laughs> oh,
2: to do broadcasting i'm all about that the get reister piece yeah is what we've uh thank you yeah um, so guys, I, one of the questions that we asked today and brought us, you, you kind of got in a little bit on it was who has more room for frustration between CeeDee Lamb and Michael Parsons? Cause obviously in a game that was Ooh. very frustrated, yeah, uh, those two seem to have two really big claims when we talk about Michael Parsons and his, you know, his crusade to get called for, you know, get a single, a single holding call, um, to allow him to free himself up and be his best, you know, live his best life. And then CeeDee Lamb just... I, I, I keep thinking the word disappearing for two uh two quarters, but it's not like he you yeah, know I don't disappeared. Think it was his fault. They just didn't get him the football. Zach, is is there one in particular that hits you stronger between I, Micah and CD? Uh,
4: I mean, I, I'm frustrated. I think you that's a big reason in which you lost is because you did go away from a player that was absolutely torching Miami, and there's no reason for it. And even Jerry said he didn't really know the reason for it, and it wasn't as though they were taking him away. And I'm sure we'll get into more of that with Brian at 240, but. I'd probably go Micah, just because this has been going on since, what, the Chargers game? Is Mm -hmm. that the last game that he got a holding call? I mean, it's ridiculous in every game. And I know, Mike, you just mentioned, like, should he be flopping? I mean, there's times he's spreading the arms wide. And two guys are basically tackling him, like, hello, anybody want to call this? And they just aren't calling it. So I think the frustration is starting to really boil over. And you saw it when he got called for the roughing the passer. Yeah, I was
0: going to kill the ref afterwards, too. I thought yeah. DeMarcus Lawrence did a good job Tank, of pulling Tank, him away.
5: Tank did a good job as a teammate, seeing the, like the situation could have got ugly. Tank's yes. the kind of guy you need with you in a bar fight. He could help you, and he could also pull you out of the fight as well. I I, I think the frustration level with, with CeeDee Lamb, and I think CeeDee Lamb was feeling it in that game. I think he, and, and really the Dolphins didn't do anything drastically different after he got as good a start as he did. I was expecting. I even tweeted out from the couch over here to my left. I wonder if Vic Fangio's now going to turn and put Ramsey on him and try and, and and stem this from going any further. And but no, it naturally just turned into, you know, Cowboys offensive football play caller, quarterback, offensive line, lack of running game, whatever else you. There was absolutely no rhythm at all from the play caller. You know, it felt like that they got through their first fifteen. And then all of a sudden, it's like, okay, now what am I going to call? What am I going to go to? And there was a couple of times there where I think he could have. It was one time where he where uh, he's completely open. He runs a slant. He uh, actually runs an in, and he curls in the middle of the field. And Dak just doesn't even see him. Mm-hmm. And you know, it goes and 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 you can see Lamb on the film. He just melts. And I mean, oh, melts yeah. like he just like he puts his hands on his knees and he bends over like, please, I just just please throw me the ball there. And another time too, they missed an opportunity. Uh, with they run a screen, they run what we call a split screen, and they take they take four blockers to the left, or three blockers left, four blockers right. Yep. Four blockers side was Lambs. Dak throws the ball to three, and now they're outmanned over there. They get tackled. It's a negative play, and Lamb is like looking at Dak, and Dak's looked back like, uh oh, I just effed that up, didn't I? And Lamb's looking at him like, yeah, you sure did, (laughs) you know, because you had four blockers out. It would have been a big play as opposed to you threw to the side where, you know, Bradley Chubb is out out, walked out as a linebacker and is going to beat a Doga, you know, when Doga tries to get outside.
0: So two weeks ago, most everybody that was following the NFL said Dak Prescott is the best quarterback of the 2023 season. Before the Buffalo game, before this Miami game, was he was he just not like he was just playing out of his mind at least stat wise? I, were you seeing similar things? I, or, or yeah, I do. All not, of a yeah, sudden, yeah, these absolutely. last two weeks, he's yeah. just reversed back to like
5: there, Dak, the one that we're frustrated with. I think I think there's some things that Buffalo did to him scheme wise with the with this with the drop seven five under two deep and then three deep four underneath. I think there were some things like that that clearly frustrated him yesterday. I think, I think the, the fact that when the Dolphins did blitz, I think that in a way they weren't comfortable picking up when the rusher, you know, the line wasn't comfortable. Dak wasn't comfortable with who was hot when it was, you know, when I needed to throw. You know, they set up some plays. He pulled the ball down a couple of times where I'm like going, why, why would you do that? Throw the ball, just throw it, you know, and it you know, trying to maybe do a little too much. And I, I, I just, it, it, it kind of was a little bit baffling to me because you've seen him play at such a high level. Yeah. And then in these last two games, there's been times where there's throws that need to be made and you're just not getting them. It's funny, he started off great in the game. Yeah. The middle <laughs> wall, and then at the end when they needed a drive, he started, they started kind of finding some rhythm, moving around a little bit. He finds Ferguson, he finds Cooks, you know, finds Lamb again all these things start to kind of work for him again. So it, you you can't, I don't know what Dak, when Dak is not good, it's usually something happens to him where it just throws him off his game for like two or three series, and he just, it, then it, then it has to click back on for him to be, whether it's a blitz got him, a coverage caught him, uh, a, a, an almost interception caught him, something triggers him in a negative way that doesn't really help him in a
0: game. So I'm wondering, Zach, I'm watching the game with at my parents' house, Christmas Eve. And at the two minute warning, the Cowboys are losing by one. It's mm-hmm. third and two, third and three for Miami. And it's not the 33 yard line. So I'm assuming their dude who's kicking everything perfect. I'm like, yeah. he's gonna make the field goal. But I said if we stop them here and get the ball back, we'll win this game. I'm assuming Miami's going to make the field goal to go up 22-20, to 20, but with getting the ball back to Dak with approximately a minute and 50 seconds, a minute and a half left, whatever it would have been, I'm like, he's going to go down and get us in the field goal range, and we're going to win this game. When they got that first down, I thought, oh, no, there's, I don't think we're going to get the ball back. Right. What were your thoughts at the two-minute warning?
4: I was just thinking the defense is not going to be able to get a stop here. It it just looked as though Miami is going to be able to drain the clock out and the Cowboys are going to lose this football game. But you're right. I do think if the Cowboys had gotten the football back, now they are incorporating CD again. Dak had just thrown an absolutely phenomenal ball for a touchdown to Brandon Cooks. They were back clicking and rhythm offensively. I do think if they had have had a chance, to your point, they'd have been able to put yeah. Brandon Aubrey in a position to kick the game-winning field
0: That's board. what I thought, too. I don't know what you were thinking, Reggie, at the two-minute warning, but I I know I expressed this early in the show, but I thought of the two-minute warning, you stop them on third and short, which they didn't. I think Tyree Kill got a 10-yard play right there. Yeah. Uh, That's exactly uh, it what it was. It was a scream. Yep. Yeah, well, so, see, this is why I thought that Dallas was in trouble. There
5: was two things. Playmakers on the Dolphins' side and an offensive play uh, uh, caller that that cre- is very creative and was willing to throw the football at that time. Sometimes you do get concerned. Dallas had done a good job of kind of playing the the Dolphins' running game, especially. I know, Mike, you asked early in the show. I was listening why the Dolphins don't, they don't run it inside. Mm-hmm. That's because not that's, their that's game. That's our weakness. No, no, their game is trying to play perimeter ball. Mm-hmm. That that they want to use their speed. And and I you got to give Dallas's uh, the linebackers. You got to give uh, Lewis those guys tank a lot of credit for how they play. But the, the two things in my mind was, no, you've got a team that has a lot of weapons, and you've got a pre, a creative play caller. He'll find a way to get a first down here. That's that was my worry.
2: Um, so obviously, tons of football coming up on the G Bag Nation. But um, you mentioned, Mike, that you were at your parents' house watching this game. After this game, you let us know that you found a video of you playing some basketball in high school to show to the to the youngsters. Yeah, and that made me wonder: Is there anything in you guys' lives, uh, Brian and Zach, that you would like be so happy about and proud of that you would like? To, be able to have video of to show oh, your gosh. child or would be child um, in the future.
4: I don't think so. <laughs> I'm pretty ashamed of a lot of the things that I did in my youth, so I probably wouldn't want any of that being dug back up to be shown to the public. Not a, there's no there's nothing that you're like I'm so no, proud of this accomplishment no, or anything. You know, I don't think uh, my days of playing football were even that awesome. So it's like okay, I mean maybe there's a highlight play you could find, but nothing that it's like oh yeah we got to sit down and watch this guys gather around.
5: I think there's if you if you destroyed everything that you thought was bad for you, Bobby Belt would find a way to find <laughs> <one of them. laughs> so that's true, and and you know like he would show that one clip if you uh, make it you know like yeah. an absolute fool of yourself. <laughs> yeah, and so you, then anything you say to your you know anything I say, Bennett, and I check this out. He's like, no, Dad. Bobby posted a clip of you acting yeah. like a fool. Yeah, and I would say, well, you know, that's that's true. I tried it's on to brand. Dest- I tried to destroy all that video, but Bobby Belt manages to find the one and clip and clipped it he clipped and, it. and yeah. finds the one time in your life where you weren't very good at your job.
2: Okay, yeah. All
0: right.
2: that
5: well,
0: that makes sense. Yeah.
2: I mean, Mike. Mike at least was able I'm to come you, out with this. That's what Bobby would do. I'm, I'm
0: going to sure, try to put 100%. the same on YouTube. I don't know how to do it. South Grand Prairie versus Duncanville, 1995. Bobby will help you do it.
5: That's true. If you okay. just, I just have it on a
0: DVD. Oh no! If you send it to Bobby, Were you dunking? Bo- no, I couldn't dunk. I could okay, touch I'm rim. I, you sound like my kid asking yeah. questions, and then when I'm yeah. like, no, I couldn't dunk. Well, I hey, like, but you could touch rim. I
2: could touch rim. There you go. Yeah, that meant something.
0: I'll, I'll call out my buddy Trey Washington. Trey was the only other guy on the team who couldn't dunk either, and they made fun of him. Oh, Bobby. And me, too.
2: Yeah, see, this is the thing. Bobby could help you digitize that, but also at the same time, I don't know that you want to give Bobby that much raw material, you know?
5: He'll pull clips off the whole he'll, video. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I hit
2: the
0: side of the yeah. backboard on a corner three. Yeah, you, you would
5: get that forever He'd be the one yeah, for the he's like, yeah. Happy birthday, Mike Bassick, and he'll show you just <laughs> launching the ball into the yeah. crowd. But what you, I'll ask you something real quick. I know, Rich, we up against it real quick? I'm yeah, sorry. you got it. Okay, Over real time. quick. When, what? What was your reaction when your kids saw the Bonds home run? You Ooh. know what
0: I don't I've never like sat down with them and have they watched it so like no, private and, and actually never said anything. My mom gave me a whole bunch of video and I'm like, do you want to see me pitch against Detroit on the yeah, Rangers? That's yeah, my one win on yeah. the Rangers I'm like no. They don't, even, they don't want to yeah they don't care there but but it. but it's like one of the most
5: famous plays in yeah. baseball history. But I just wondered if how, yeah. if they've ever responded. They know to it.
0: about it, and they they might goof off with me. In fact, at my parents' house, I said, mm. "Hey, do you want to see this picture? My dad has a picture of me and Barry Bonds yeah. in the clubhouse after yeah. the game was over." And they're like, "You took a picture with Barry Bonds?" I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah, yeah I gave up the home run. Like here's like here's yeah. here's evidence yeah. of me and Barry together." Yeah. You know? I
5: just wondered if your kids ever like watched it secretly and just never said anything or no. anything like that. No,
0: they like video games yeah. and, and like even like I was like, You keep asking me if I was any good at basketball. I can show you yeah. you can then judge for yourself off this one game yeah. if I was good at basketball or not. I honestly have no idea what happens in this game and I was happy because I was actually pretty good in the game. There I can't
2: go. I can't wait till they turn that and find ways to like uh neg you for it that will be fun, um, but you know what? We'll have more of that conversation tomorrow, as it's my myself and Mike Bassick on the KC Masterpiece through the rest of the week. Uh, but now it's time for Zach and Brian Broaddus to bring you the G Bag Nation. Uh, until tomorrow, you've been Masterpiece. Y'all be easy.
1: Peace. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Clock at four. Doncic.
4: See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at TMobile.com/AcrossAmerica. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card, I left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device, credit, service ported, 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier, and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.
1: Oh, oh.